You're listening to the Homesteading Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, homesteading, to live and to sell. Welcome back to season ten. This is episode four. This episode is brought to you by SocialLightVault.com. Are you overwhelmed with the marketing your homesteading business? Stop wasting time worrying or wondering if you're doing the right things. From social media to email newsletter that get attention of listing agents, Social Light Vault makes marketing simple and effective. You don't need a huge marketing budget. You don't need a huge audience either. You just need real marketing tools that work and the right sales funnel to deliver new leads, even when you aren't working. The team at Social Light specializes in marketing for homesteaders. Get started today by going to SocialLightVault.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. I'm super excited today because I've Kate the Socialite on my podcast. I've been basically admiring her from afar, and I'm really happy that we finally got connected. And she's actually sponsoring our podcast this season, so it's extra extra special. So today we have Kate the Socialite on the show. She's a published author, podcast host, and entrepreneur. Her number one goal is to help home professionals like you to market your business with ease and simplicity. You are unique, and so is your brand. So stop running from one marketing ploy to the next. Stop stressing about how you're doing to make it in the digital age. Marketing is a magic, and it also shouldn't be difficult. You've got this, and she's here to help. If you want to find out more about Kate, you can go to SocialLightVault.com and get started. I had a really lengthy discussion with Kate today on today's show about marketing and what is it about marketing and what people feel stuck on and what they can do to change that. It's a really really juicy show. We share a lot of tips on marketing, so it's going to be a really good one. And don't forget, I am actually teaching a free training on marketing on Tuesday, October the fifteenth. So this is going to be an online training. You're going to also get to ask me questions live during this free training. If you cannot make it, there's going to be a replay, but only if you sign up for the free training. You just go to stagemore.com/slash/freetraining to sign up. And also, I've been getting a lot of questions about marketing your home staging business. So I'm going to do a five-day live streams from October 7th through 11, basically Monday through Friday, on Instagram to answer your marketing questions. If you haven't followed me on Instagram, you can go to Instagram.com/stageformore. I'm also going to post the replay of these live streams on Facebook page, which is facebook.com/stageformore, and on our podcast as well as mini episodes. So if you cannot join me live on Instagram, go ahead and submit your questions. Just sign up for the free training, and on the confirmation page on our website, there's going to be a button where you can submit your questions. You can also leave me a comment in the show notes. To find the show notes, very easy. Just go to stagemore.com/blog. So that's it. Let's start today's show. Hey, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get into the work that you're doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is an honor. And to give everyone some quick background. I run a marketing company that specializes in helping people in the home industry, specifically home stagers, market their businesses. And I started my business about five years ago, 
but I made a lot of the most common mistakes that people make when they start a business and it, it doesn't matter what type of business it is. And I apologize. That's my seven week old. <laughs> She's no, it's totally okay. Now. And total respect for having your baby on your chest while you're doing an interview. I think yes, that is amazing. Absolutely. Because I, I love being a mom to her and I love running my business. So I just do both at the same time. So when I first started my business, I was trying to be a marketing company that served everyone and it was a terrible idea. And I realized that I really loved working with people in the home industry and I found that having a niche market and an ideal client was absolutely the key to success in any type of business. And now when I work with home stagers, I help them do the same thing where, you know, they say niche is rich and it is, but also specificity sells. And I help home stagers get extremely specific on what makes them different from all the other home stagers out there and why they really need to be selling their services more from a personable standpoint than a salesy standpoint to listing agents, investors, and home builders out there. I totally agree with that. I think I'm always teaching about having a niche because even staging seems so niche for a lot of business people out there. But within staging, there's different niches as well. I mean, there are people who specialize in neighborhoods or people who specialize in doing vacant home staging. There are people who specialize just doing consultations. So I think once you niche down, you can really hone in on your marketing message. Yeah, and it makes marketing a lot easier too if you are a specialist in something. And I often tell people it's the difference between being a general practitioner and a specialist. The specialist is the one who rakes in the cash. The general practitioner won't do too bad in business, but they really will hit a wall a lot sooner than the specialist will, and they won't be able to increase their profits or their clientele, and they'll find themselves frustrated because a lot of people who are home stagers are also entrepreneurs at heart, and Cindy, I know you and I get this where it's like uh, the top is never enough. We want to keep going and doing more, and that is what I'm here to help home stagers do. That's great. I love that. And I totally agree with you. I think, I don't know, I think once you get into the groove of your business and the opportunities may come up or you actually never thought, oh my God, I never thought of my business in this way. There's so much more potential out there mm -hmm. that you can reach. And I think by becoming the specialist, once you have like social proof and word of mouth and testimonials and all this great stuff that comes with you know, specializing in that niche, it's very easy. It's much easier for you to carve out a new segment of your business. Yeah, it is. And when you become that specialist, you also naturally get a lot of press recognition that you would not have gotten otherwise, because then people are like, oh, you're the one who specializes in home staging consultations, or you're the one who specializes in vacant home staging, or you're the one who specializes in helping homeowners learn how to stage their own occupied homes. That just makes it so much easier to market yourself when you're known for something versus someone who does home staging and interior design and e-design. And, you know, it becomes so convoluted that you're like, oh my gosh, where do I even start to market myself? Yeah, exactly. And I also think once your business starts growing, you can add on, like say you're a stager, specialized in vacant. And once you are busier and you're, you have team members in place, then you can really start expanding to like e-design or stuff like that because then you can have specialized staff that only works in that department. And so I think it'll be much more efficient way and also a much more profitable way for you to run the business. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like an upside down pyramid. That's the way I look at it, where a lot of people try to do the right side up pyramid where they start with all the services they can possibly imagine to offer people. And then as they grow, they offer fewer and fewer services because they realize they need to become a little bit more niche focused. But if people do what you're saying and they start out with specializing in just one, maybe two things, and then add on as their staff grows and their capability grows, they'll be successful so much faster. Yeah, exactly. So what are some of the common mistakes that you see homestagers make when it comes to marketing their homestaging business? And what can they do about it? Well, aside from offering too many services at once and therefore overwhelming themselves with their marketing. They don't know where to start. The other thing is relying on social media for leads. Now, some people will get leads from social media, but that's not really a plan. That's more like throwing pennies in a wishing well and just hoping that something happens. The thing that homestagers need to do is create a definite plan of this is how people are going to find me, or rather this is how I'm going to get in front of the right listing agents, builders, investors, whatever their target client is. And from here, this is how I'm going to get their attention. This is how I'm going to bring them into the fold of my company. And this is how I'm going to convert them. And I speak in vague terms right now because I know we're going to dive into the sales funnel later, but you have to have some sort of plan because just throwing different marketing tactics out there against the wall and wondering which one's going to stick and hoping that one will isn't going to work. And I also see a lot of people make the other mistake of running paid advertising without anything to support it. So they might run a Google ad or they might do a print ad, but then they don't have their website set up correctly. They don't have a landing page for people to learn more about them and really get sold on their services. They just throw money at an ad thinking, well, that has to be enough, right? But it isn't. I agree. I think social media really, I mean, I learned this the hard way when I was starting my own home staging business in the very beginning, because I, I was really focusing on the online marketing part, but it's really used as a supplement, I think, to really strengthen the impression you have with leads that you already have in your pipeline or in your funnel. Because say you do an office presentation and a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't understand. It's not giving me any projects at all. And I'm like, did you, did you follow up? People was like, yeah, I send them an email. But honestly, that is not enough because hiring you for staging, it's a big commitment. You know, we're talking about several thousand dollars or at least it's like $150 consultation or $250 or $300, whatever you charge, right? It's not like we're going to grocery store, buy a bottle of milk. If we got unlucky, buy a bad one, well, it's $3. We don't really, it's not going to hurt. But with a big ticket decision, like I think, real estate agents are going to be very hesitant to introduce you to their seller's clients as well. So you have to continue to keep warming up to them. So social media marketing is great because it's deepening that impression, it's making you more personable and more trustworthy during their interaction. But that shouldn't be your primary tactic, I think. Yep, I agree 100%. And I like how you point out that Real estate agents do have some hangups when it comes to having their homeowner clients spend money on home staging. And that's why the home stager has to go the extra mile to really prove themselves to the listing agent. And even just like you said, doing more than just one simple form of follow up, you know, they need to really step up their game because hopefully the real estate agents or builders that they come into contact with can become long term referral partners. 
And that's such a gold mine for home stagers because then you don't have to chase down new leads all the time. You can just basically get them handed to you. Exactly. And maybe I'm we need to talk about funnel now, actually, because a lot of things we're talking about, you know, like e emails and social media, this is really top of the funnel. So do you want to explain very quickly what exactly is a funnel? What's a sales funnel? And how does this apply to a localized business like a home staging business? Sure. Now, first of all, I don't want anyone who hears this to think, oh my goodness, a sales funnel, that sounds high tech, it sounds expensive and really complicated. Because the good news is it's none of those things. Now it can be, but the ones that I work with, the home stagers I work with, use a very simple sales funnel and it's very effective. And what it looks like is you can do what you're doing now. You can post on social media. That does exactly what you said, Cindy. It makes you more personable. It lets people get to know you like you and trust you. But you also need to be doing offline things like going to networking events and setting up different instructional seminars for realtors if you would like. But most importantly, you just need to understand what that realtor wants. That realtor wants to make money and you can come alongside them as a home stager saying, I'm going to help you make money and I'm going to help you look good in front of your client. And here is how you do that. And what a lot of stagers I work with end up doing is creating what is called a lead magnet. And it looks kind of like a branded magazine that is specific to their business, their home staging business. And they put it on their website and any um, real estate agent can get it. They just have to put their email address in and then they're sent this branded magazine that tells them more about how home staging has proven itself over the years and how this specific home staging company can help them really maximize their real estate business. And the cool part is when a realtor puts their email address into your website so that they can get that lead magnet, they're automatically added to your mailing list. And that mailing list is far more important than a social media following could ever be because that's your captive audience. Facebook and Instagram are always changing the way they work, but nobody can take your email list away from you. Nobody can change the way that functions. And therefore, you can consistently follow up with people on your mailing list by sending what I refer to as an email newsletter every single month. Now, that's like the most important step in the sales funnel. So you've gone from social media to your website to a lead magnet to your mailing list, to that email newsletter. That gives you a really nice, friendly way to stay top of mind with everyone on your mailing list without irritating them. Because we all get way too many emails, but if you are sending out an informative, really helpful email with staging advice or tips every single month, then all the realtors on your list will know exactly who to call when they need staging done because you will be top of mind. Yeah, exactly. And I think that is super key is that you really have to focus on providing value because people love free stuff, but the free stuff needs to be good. Because if you're just like, you know, giving people very superficial tips that they're really not getting a lot of good takeaway from it, people are not really going to subscribe to your newsletter or stay on your newsletter. But if people know the information is good and every time they get something from you, they always open it, it really deepens that relationship. It does. And I'm glad you point out that the content has to be high quality because that goes back to knowing your ideal client. 
if you know who your ideal client is, you're going to know what types of staging advice or statistics are going to resonate the best with them. And that means your newsletter content will be relevant. And those newsletters are the ones that get opened. Exactly. And I love in the previous answer, you talk about different steps. Like, you know, say you are running Google Ads. That's a top of funnel activity. So you're getting people into your funnel. But the thing is, you don't have a call to action to convert them. Say that your website is not set up or it is set up, but there's no clear call to action to be like, hey, call me to book an estimate kind of thing. So within all these different types of marketing activities, are there some that are more higher priority? So is it always like we need to set up our website first to make sure that's like the hub of where everyone's connecting? Or is it more important to have an email newsletter first? Like how do you prioritize what sort of marketing activities to do first? Oh, that's such a good question. So this is where it's a bit of a gray area. There are people who come to me who don't have a website because they're either in line to get one from a designer they really like, or they're saving up to get one. And with those people, they ask me the same question. They're like, do I need to pause all my marketing until my website is done? And here's the convoluted answer to that. Your website is the mothership of all your marketing and your branding, and it's so, so important to have. But the worst thing you can do as a business owner is stop all your marketing or not even start it until that website is up and going. Because if you already have a list of contacts that you could be reaching out to on a monthly basis, by all means, do so. And what I tell a lot of my clients is if you use something called MailChimp, which you guys can go check it out, MailChimp.com, it lets you set up full landing pages so that even if you don't have a website, you still have a place that you can share on social media, you can put in your email signature, you can send people to directly that really sells who you are as a stager and will convert them into an email subscriber so that you can further market to them that way, even without the website. Yeah, no, I love that because I think it's really, really important to have some sort of system set up. And I think one of the things that makes people very hesitant when they're like, oh my God, a system sounds so overwhelming. But it's actually just baby steps. Like, you know, all these different things, all different workflows that you're creating along the way. If you can figure out a way to make it a system, like say, you know, run, you're running Google ads, you already got your website set up with the right call to action to convert them into calling you to book a home staging consultation. After that, you can still do a few steps to follow up. You know, once they sign up with you, download your lead magnet on your website, you can lead them into a email sequence that welcomes them and kind of warm them up before even your face-to-face -face meeting. So they understand what kind of professional you are, what are some sort of values you have for your company, and then what kind of services that you offer. So the conversation when you first meet is already warmed up. It's not like a cold contact. Yeah, and that really goes a long way in building a relationship where hopefully that stager and that realtor can know each other for a long time, refer business back and forth. And that's the best way, honestly, to grow any business. I mean, word of mouth referral is not dead. It is very much alive and things like email marketing only enhance it. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I think millennials really is making such an impact on our culture. Like you know, the way we are buying things now is very, very different than when I first started real estate. 
in the mid two thousands. So now people really rely on internet. Like they're doing all the searches on internet, and I think a lot of times with the newer stages getting into the business, they kind of mistake online marketing as the primary kind of form of marketing. But at the end of the day, real estate is a people business. Like you still have to go on job site to meet that real estate agent to convince them to book you for that staging job. So, yeah. what do you see are some of the biggest challenges that home stagers have today、uh, when it comes to marketing? Oh, there are so many. So, first of all,、uh, when we do use social media, you know, as home stagers, unfortunately, social is always changing.、Right. The rules are changing. We'll lose followers, or fewer and fewer people will comment or like on posts, and it can become a rat race. And at the end of it, nobody wins. So that can be frustrating. And then there's the overwhelming side of technology. So if people want a new website, if they want to update their current website, a lot of people will struggle with that because they either want to do it themselves but don't know how, or they want to hire someone but then the the price can get astronomical, or they're just told that it's astronomical. And that's the biggest pet peeve that I have found with business and marketing in general in the home industry specifically. People are being told that marketing is expensive. But it's not. The people who are telling home stagers that marketing is expensive are marketing companies who want to sell expensive, overpriced services. That's the frustrating part. That is why I'm doing what I'm doing and coming up with simple sales funnels and very clear-cut, stress-free ways for home stagers to bring leads into their business. Even though home staging is. Confined to a certain geographic area, so if you are a stager in New York City, you're not trying to reach somebody in Florida. That doesn't make much sense unless you have a second home there. But what we can do is marry the two. So when we've got online marketing and offline marketing, you can use online marketing to reach listing agents several blocks away from your office because they will find you that way if your SEO is good and that. Involves another component of marketing that often overwhelms and scares home stagers. It's the SEO of their website, and the fact that not all home stagers understand that their SEO is also impacted by their Pinterest or their Facebook or their Instagram, and it's just a lot for anybody to take in. Because on top of being a home stager and a business manager. You also have to be your own marketing staff. Exactly, it's just overwhelming. Yeah, and I I really glad you brought up SEO and also this combination of online offline marketing because that's how I teach our students as well. It's really focusing on building a well-rounded marketing system because that was one of the crucial mistake that I made. I think when I was in the very beginning part of my home staging business because I started when I was twenty five. So. I didn't really have any significant network. Like all my friends were like delivering pizza or like in really entry level jobs. Like no one was going to buy a house or sell a house. So it was really difficult. So I really leveraged blogging and online marketing. And at the time, like all the social media is very new, so I was able to dominate my local keywords very easily. And a lot of times, stagers tell me now today is like, well, SEO really is for like big companies or national companies. Like I'm local business, I really need to do SEO. And I always tell them, no, that's wrong. Like, just think about every time you look for a restaurant to go eat for a date night or with your girlfriends, you are searching. That is local SEO. You're not looking for a restaurant, you know, two hour drive away. You're looking for a restaurant within 
you know, your geographic area. So that is localized SEO. And it is very, very much doable. And I do see that people do get very overwhelmed. And that's why right now we're doing, I'm planning a bunch of free training in 2020. And one of them will be like a localized SEO expert, because I really think, you know, when you have people find your website online, it's really important to help them to do that. And that's why you need to really you know, do a little bit, you know, elbow grease to make sure that your website is optimized so people can find you. Yes. And the cool part is that if your website is set up with the right SEO from the start, you don't need to pay for ongoing SEO services. And this is another big thing that homestagers will tell me about when they start working with my company. They will say, well, actually, I just had someone say this the other week. They spent about $9,000 on SEO. They got 14 leads from it. None of them converted. Just imagine how they were feeling. I know it's crushing. <laughs> I feel crushed was, when I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. It was so discouraging for them. And so then I told them, well, here's the deal. If your website is set up correctly, if you have the right keywords, you have your locations listed or your service areas, you're very clear on who you serve and how you serve them. Google sees that and you don't have to pay an SEO company for Google to see it. In fact, the only way an SEO company will ever do you a service that will actually improve your SEO is if they are posting blog content for you or if they're managing your social media accounts. And there's a big misconception around SEO companies that if you just paid them, you know, I've seen anywhere from $300 to $500 a month or even $1,000, then they're going to make sure you get found. But the truth is they don't control that. It's all about the content on your website, the words you're using, the file names of your photos, how often you post blogs and your active social media accounts. Exactly. I totally agree with that. And I know it's very overwhelming. I mean, I think both of us have been in business a while and like both of us have the online business components. So we did a lot of study and research on this type of things. But I think for a, a stager who just got into the business, it is very overwhelming for them. Because it took me a long time to learn like how to blog properly, how to do meta description, you know, like all these things. You just mm -hmm. really do a lot of reading, read a lot of blogs, go to like technology conference, watch YouTube videos, that kind of thing. And I think most small business owners, they don't really have the extra time to do that. And that's why I think having some sort of package service or a course it really helps them to bridge the gap on those type of things. Yeah, it is to the point where I personally feel it's unfair because I mean, marketing is all I do. I market my own business and I market other people's businesses. So that takes up my whole work life and more than that. But then when you've got the home stager who is trying to run around and stage projects and then get them photographed and then, you know, work well with the real estate agent and go out and get more leads. And then they also have to market. It's like, okay, wait a minute. We are just spreading these people way too thin. Yeah. And they also likely have families to take care of. So at some point they have to start outsourcing, but they're being told at the same time, like I mentioned earlier, that outsourcing, that marketing is really, really expensive. Therefore, they feel like, well, I'll do it when my business is more successful or I'll save up for it and then I'll do it. The problem and the, the double-edged sword of that is if they were to do it, then they would be more successful. Outsourcing will grow a business really quickly. Yeah. And that is why I'm like, okay, there has to be a way to offer 
full sales funnels, and high quality marketing services at a really attainable price point for home stagers. And that is why I developed my entire system of the way I do business. My business model is all set up to offer that to people because I will never forget what it felt like to be a brand new business owner, to be clueless and broke and willing to do just about anything to grow. Yeah. And I think that is, that's very clever if you saw a need in the market for that. And I think it's, it's great because I do think hiring in itself is also, it has its own learning curve. Cause I, like hiring was something that I really struggle and I actually work with a business coach specialized in hiring just on that. And it is tricky because if you hire the wrong freelancer, I mean, they can ruin your business. I mean, especially like website mm-hmm. designer, for example. And that's why like last month in August, I had Camille Ferry, who's a website designer specializing in Squarespace and DIY website, come on and do a free training for our community. It's because... There are things that you should know as a professional, that you should know the basics. So even if you hire all this stuff out, you know how to communicate with the professional you're hiring. Because it also protects yourself. Because if you don't understand the basics of how things work, they can really take advantage of you seriously if you happen to hire someone with kind of a shady intention. I'm not, I don't want to freak anybody out, but it's happened to me multiple times in early on in mid part of my business when it comes to hiring online professionals. And this is why I feel like it's really important to help, to help stagers to give that information to them so they understand how to approach and communicate with those professionals as well for their needs. Yeah, I mean, knowledge is really power in this situation because, for example, if you know the basic ins and outs of your WordPress website, if a website designer tells you, oh, well, this part of your website isn't working because um, Facebook is down. I had someone tell me this the other day. They said, my website plugin seems to be broken, and my designer told me it's because Facebook is down, or they're not letting websites pull their content anymore and I was just like um (laughs) they want you to share that's how they make ads money yeah yeah so of course I had to I did an answer to that in my head and then I had to filter it out and clean it up when I typed back to the client because I was so frustrated on their behalf because they were just flat out being lied to yeah. And they didn't know, but I was so glad that they asked me. And unfortunately, I find myself in that position a lot where I'm trying to help these people sort out what is true and what isn't because they are being taken advantage of. And it's just heartbreaking because, I mean, homestagers work really hard for their money. Yeah, it pisses me off when I hear stories like that. It really mm-hmm. pisses me off. Because I, I think that's the other thing, too, is that a lot of things can be outsourced in our business, not only to a person maybe comes into your office regularly, or it can be outsourced to somewhere on the internet as well. Because you can hire a virtual assistant, project management system to really automate a lot of emails with clients, for example. Like you don't literally have to send every single email. Like, you know, with project management systems like 17 Hats or HoneyBook or Dusabi, you can basically set up to send the proposal and have an automated email to check in with the client to see if there are any questions. And then they reply, then you can reply back with their specific questions. 
So it can cut out a lot of admin work. I mean, you can set up reminders, remind them that their staging contract is up and stuff like that. But the thing is that to hire the right person for your business, that's a whole not alert podcast and course in itself. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck because they feel like, A, I don't have the money and B, I don't know how to approach this. And so I think uh, something like your service where it's already packaged and we know you're credible, obviously, because you know your stuff. And it makes it a lot safer for them to invest in something like this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that was the entire point of the whole model that I developed where they can become a member of my marketing platform and they get a complete sales funnel. They get the support they need. They get the marketing consultations, the website reviews, the SEO reviews so that they can stop wondering if they're doing the right things to market their business. They can stop worrying about their website or their SEO and just get the definite answers. And if there is a problem, they also get the steps to fix them. Because my goal is to never leave somebody stranded out there wondering, is this something I should do for my business? Am I hurting my home staging business? Am I ever going to grow? And then when I get emails from them saying, oh, thank you so much. I landed these projects and it was directly from, you know, this part of my sales funnel. Like they can actually track the results and that gives them such a feeling of empowerment because now they know the stuff they're investing in in their marketing is actually working and that makes them feel amazing as it should. And they feel empowered and they want to do more of it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And when they start to feel better about themselves as people, they're better business owners. It's like a full circle thing. Yeah, it is. It does build your confidence. And once your confidence is up, it really exudes. That's why I think mindset is so important. And the other exciting thing I thought you just mentioned is tracking, because I'm a total nerd about that. So what are some of the the stats that people should be tracking in their marketing? Well, first of all, I want to start with the ones they should not track, the ones they should ignore, never look at, and never care about. And that is the number of fans you have on social media. Yes, I love because that. I want to just... high-five you for that virtually. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I, I do think it's a vanity number. And people mm-hmm. people just think that, oh, if I have like 10,000 Instagram followers, my business will be set. I and mean, that's totally not true at all. Not at all. And in fact, I have friends who would be considered Instagram influencers. They have thousands upon thousands of followers. And they make maybe $500 a month. Mm. Yeah, that's the other mm-hmm. thing too. It's that like I sometimes feel social media is kind of augmented reality. It's very edited. You know, people are curating their own life in a way, and a lot of things are not necessarily true. Like I watch this British show called Black Mirror. It's on Netflix, and it's really much about that. Like how you know how our personal real life is very different than the online life we perceive sometimes. It is. And the same is true of our business lives. So if someone is wondering what stats to track, just forget about how many likes you have. Forget about how many fans you have. Even don't worry so much about the amount of interactions you get per post, because what you should be looking at is how many people are going from Instagram or from Facebook to your website. The whole point of social media, aside from getting people to really know you and presenting yourself as a very personable human being is to get website traffic. That is the main point. So the best way to track your website traffic is to use Google Analytics, and it's really not hard to set up, 
but if nothing else, you can look at the analytics that are likely built into your back end of your website. So if you have a Squarespace website, they have a pretty good analytics section. I still like to add Google Analytics on top of it just because it's good to know, you know, what are people doing once they get to your website? Are they leaving right away? Are they clicking around? Uh, because if too many people are leaving as soon as they get to your site, that means you have what's called a bounce rate. And a bounce rate that is above 40% is a red flag. So you have to make sure that the people who are coming to your site are staying, they're clicking around, and hopefully hitting that contact you button. Exactly. And so amongst like stats, so like, for example, we have email newsletter marketing. Like, is there like a magic number, like a set number of how frequently we should send email newsletters? I would suggest once every four weeks, only because in the years that I've been doing this, I found that once a month helps people not forget about you but then they also aren't irritated if you send them just emails. one every month yeah. yeah yeah because we all do get a lot of emails and that's why the email newsletters that my team creates for homestagers not only are they high quality but they're also meant to be sent out no more than you know bi-weekly although we do prefer just monthly um, there are some clients we have who really want to send out a newsletter twice a month and i always tell them disclaimer your open rate might go down. You might get more people unsubscribing because sending them two emails a month might be too much. It might be too much for your audience or it might not be. So you just have to know that when you're going into it and make sure that you, if nothing else, are just being consistent and sending that monthly newsletter and tracking the open rate. And uh, the average open rate for the home and garden industry is anywhere from like 18 to 21%. But with my clients, we aim to get 30% or higher, which is excellent because it means a third of your audience is actively interested in what you're telling them. I love that. I think that's great. I'm actually, I also think that you need to test it and track the results because for our company, we, I mean, we're, we're geared toward education. So we try to send out a weekly newsletter, but the thing is, now I'm revamping our strategy because I feel like it's really about the quality of things instead of the quantity. So we do send out, we do try to send out a newsletter too, because we do publish a blog or two every week. So it's something that we are testing on the back end to see what would be preferable for our own audience as well. Mm -hmm. And the good thing to note with your business model is because you are education-based, it's perfectly okay to send more emails, but when you are service-based and you're reaching out to these people, you know, time after time and ultimately hoping that they will hire you, that's when you have to tone it back because we are all sold to so many times a day through our inboxes, through social, through the TV, and we just have to limit it. And that's why when I am advising people on what to say in their newsletters or I'm creating newsletters for people to use, it's never salesy, but it always sells because it is about truly being helpful, showing up for your ideal client in the ways they need you most, showing that you know your stuff, that you are very specific and that you're a professional. And that is what sells. Yeah, I totally think. I think, I think it's really about providing the value and it's not like... For me, I don't really focus on the selling side of things. I focus really on the value part. Because for me, if people are reading 
whatever content we put out or listening to a podcast, they're not getting the value they want, then I really fail as a content provider. And for me, also, I think it comes down back to the why. It's that, you know, why are you in this business? Like for me, it's really about education components of things. So I really put that as our primary goal. And but I think through education, people develop trust. And with me or with my company name, and they feel that the content I put out is good. And then so they buy our courses. Yeah, exactly. It's like the the profits always come, but not because we are directly chasing them down. Our first priority as entrepreneurs, whether in education like you or marketing like me, is just to be helpful. And people can sense that. You know, if somebody's why for being in business is just to make a lot of money, everyone will smell that from a mile away and they'll stay a mile away because nobody wants to be around that type of business owner. But I know that at least with a lot of the home stagers that I'm working with from you know US, Canada, I've even had some from um, Europe, Philippines, Sweden, they all have the same motive in their heart. And that is they're just obsessed with making these homes beautiful and marketable. And they love coming alongside the real estate agent and helping them grow their business. And that is like a genuine passion of theirs. And it's obvious in their marketing. And I love working with businesses like that. I love that you're mentioning the international aspect of things because I'm actually moving to London on Monday. <laughs> and Oh my goodness, yeah. like actually moving? Yeah, I'm actually moving. I'm moving there for my, my master's degree actually in photojournalism. This is, it's kind of like a passion of mine. And I always, like in my 20s, it was really about me working for my business. But in my 30s, I really felt that it needs to be the other way around. Like I really need to do work that I feel passionate about. And so it's a big undertaking, but I, it, it's something that feeds my soul basically. So I need to do it. Oh, congrats. But I started to get involved in the European associations, um, like the UK one, for example, I've been chatting with her where, where I'm doing some webinars for her and I'm actually also teaching at a local university, University of Arts of London. And so do you find the way marketing is um, is a, a bit different internationally as well. Because I think one of the things, for example, for UK stagers, in UK, the real estate agents don't get any commission. It's a nine to five job for them. So they don't really need to push the benefits of home staging because it doesn't really do anything for their bottom line. In fact, it makes them, it gives them less work to do, right? This is the one less person they need to deal with. So in situations like those, do you find the marketing is a bit different internationally? So yes and no. First of all, because marketing is basically just you as a business owner having relationships with people that your business could serve, it is the same because humans are humans, whether they're on this side of the ocean or that side. But it is different in that you might have a different unique selling proposition. So in the United States and Canada, we can say that the selling proposition is we are going to help these listing agents move as many properties as quickly as they can because they are paid on commission. But in the UK, we can say the unique selling proposition is that we are going to make you look extremely good in front of your home seller clients. And everyone likes to look good. Exactly. And it, you would be <laughs> amazed what people will spend to look good. I mean, look at the plastic surgery industry. Oh, yeah. But this is about business. And 
if they look good in front of their clients, those clients are going to be more apt to refer their friends and their family, and it will snowball from there. So the whole tactic of marketing is the same, but you just have to change the unique selling proposition. Yeah, and that's totally right on. I think the positioning and the language you use, because I, I really feel... Uh, teaching is a really great way to establish credibility and also to get connected with your prospective clients. But the thing is, you can't position and be like, hey, I want to come in and do a presentation about my home staging service. Just, people just be like, well, it's just like a an hour commercial about your business. I don't really want to be yep. in that. <laughs> but if you come in and be like, hey, I know these four ways are really effective and very easy for your home sellers to understand and also to boost their home value. I mean, all the real estate agents will sign up for that because they want to learn that secret, right? The secret sauce. Mm -hmm. So they can use in their own presentation to attract uh, sellers to, to give them the listing. Yeah, and that reminds me of the one big thing that I wanted to make sure I mentioned in this episode was that marketing is all about your ideal client and it's not about us. It's not about us as business owners. And I see people doing this a lot where they start marketing their business by saying, here's what we do. Here's how long we have been in business. Here are photos of our work. And it's all about them. Not that you shouldn't talk about yourself. Not that you shouldn't share your portfolio images. Those are really important. But you need to make sure that you are focusing on that ideal client. What kind of information do they need from you? In what way do they need to hear it from you? What words or phrases are really going to resonate with them? Because if you are trying to market to, let's say, the, a millennial crop of listing agents, but you're speaking to them as though they're you know, 50 years old, that's just not going to fly. You have to find a way to speak their language, whatever their language is. And that's why you have to have an ideal client, because if you just try to market yourself to everyone, you're marketing yourself to no one. Exactly. It just, you know, people only listen to things they want to hear. That's the thing. So mm -hmm. if you don't have those keywords, people just, they're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. This sounds very abstract. It just sounds like I'm going to spend more money and which I don't want to. So, yeah. Exactly. So what are some of the ways that new sagers can market themselves? Well, once you have the mindset right and you understand that social media is not the end all be all and that you must have a mailing list and that you must be consistent with your email marketing the rest of it can become really fun because then you realize you don't have to do hours upon hours to market your business every single week you can spend a few hours once a month and be done you can schedule your social media posts ahead of time you can figure out which two or three networking events you're going to attend that month and just go do it and connect with people and get them into your mailing list and then let the automation part of it take over. That's great. I love automation. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> yeah, saves so much time and like it can replace having to hire someone. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Once you set that system up, you know, it's it's just maintaining basically. I think a lot of times people think, oh, automate is great and then I don't need to do anything once I turn it on. You still have to maintain it. You still have to groom it because Say you have a five email welcome sequence from your newsletter after they download their uh, freebie or whatever, the lead magnet. Mm -hmm. I mean, you still have to look at, okay, is it, are the emails getting opened or why is it all of a sudden we have a huge like unopened rate for this particular email? 
you still have to look at the stats and then see if you have to tweak the campaign or not. Or if you have something that's seasonal, I mean, obviously you have to tweak that based on the season. So it's not like once you set it, you can forget it kind of thing. There still needs to be maintenance. Right. Yeah, that phrase, set it and forget it, just makes me laugh because there is nothing in business that you can just forget about and expect to still work. That That is not reality. Yeah, exactly. And so what do you think are the best platforms for uh, Sagers to be on social media? Well, anything like Facebook and Instagram, uh, I say anything like it because there are new social media platforms popping up all the time. But Unless you know for sure that your ideal client is on a certain platform, you really don't need to be on it. So if you're questioning, should I be on Twitter? Probably not, unless you do know that your ideal client is actively using Twitter. Uh, Do you need to be on Facebook and Instagram? You don't have to. You could have your posts from Instagram go straight through to Facebook if you would like, or you can use a scheduling tool that blasts out everything to all your platforms at once. But If I was talking to a new home stager and they weren't sure what to do, I would tell them post three times a week on Instagram and then get an active, good Pinterest business profile going because Pinterest is not a social media platform. It's a search engine just like Google is, and it is excellent at sending website traffic right over to your site. Yeah, I actually love Pinterest. I think it's more long tail traffic in a way, and Pinterest does take a bit of time to work. It's not like oh, I put on my profile today, it's going to work tomorrow. But it's more like maybe three, six, you know, nine months down the line. Yep, exactly. I mean, there's no part of marketing that is instant. If it was, then nobody would be struggling with it. And there are, you know, a lot of different tools out there that will promise you instant results. But if it sounds too good to be true, probably is you know that old saying makes so much sense in business yeah and is there like a specific time that you should spend on marketing every day or every week or every month I would say this depends on the size of the business and what their marketing goals are but I can tell you that if you're spending several hours every week marketing your business there's probably a better way to do it. Either you need automation or you need to cut out some of the ways you're marketing your business because they may not be fruitful for you. And you need to go back to look at your business books last year. Where did your business come from? Nail down what those referral sources were, and you might be surprised what they were, and then go after them again because those are the low-hanging fruit. And a lot of people will have a great year in business and then they'll say, all right, for 2020, I am going to find all these new ways to market my business. And then they get through the first quarter and they're like, uh, where are all the leads? Why is business tanking? Well, the problem is they went after the high hanging fruit, the stuff that they're not comfortable with yet. And honestly, it's just not attainable for them. So you always have to go back to where has my business always come from? Or if you're a brand new stager, then you can talk to the other stagers in your area if they're willing to share that with you. Or listen to podcasts like this where you realize you just have to become a specialist and then work that to your advantage. That's great. I'd really love that. And what are some of the upcoming trends that you're seeing uh, in marketing when it comes to real estate? So for real estate and honestly, just business at large, people are becoming disillusioned with social media. 
because like I said earlier, it's always changing. People who had awesome social followings last year are now seeing those dwindle this year just because of the algorithm changes. And we can't control that. You know, Facebook and Instagram control it. They are a big business. They're owned by the same company. They're in the business of making money just like we are. So when they lean more towards making businesses pay to get people to see their posts, it turns a lot of business owners off because for one thing, a lot of us don't know the right way to run a social media ad. And all we do is end up throwing money at them and get no results, kind of like with the Google ads. So I am seeing people step away from social. Like they'll have a profile, but they won't post on it anymore. And I don't necessarily advocate that. But I do think that if you recognize that social media is just for interacting with people and sending traffic to your site, then you won't be frustrated if you don't get new leads from it because that's not its purpose. Yeah, I do think there's a fatigue to it. I mean, I, I think I think millennials are very comfortable with it, but I think people like I'm probably Gen X slash Y. The older people are kind of like, mm, I mean, this is enough is enough kind of thing. Um, yes. there, there is a lot to do within the business. And I think also you brought a really good point is that they can change algorithm at any time. And so this is why it's most important to have your own email list because you have control of that. Yep. You don't want to build your business on rented territory. Exactly. Build it on a piece of land that you own. Exactly. I love that analogy. I wish I could say I came up with it. Oh, <laughs> you, you can say it. No one knows. Okay. <laughs> And um, the other thing is that what are some of your recommendations when it comes to building a marketing system? Well, obviously, I've got my system for home stagers. There's Socialite <laughs> Vault, which people can check out. Exactly. But also, people don't have to work with my company to do any of this. We make it easier for people, sure. But if you want to put in, you know, the elbow grease and figure it out for yourself, you totally can. What you need to do is make sure you're posting three times a week on social. Make sure you have a lead magnet on your website. Make sure you're using a platform like MailChimp to capture those email addresses and send out a regular monthly newsletter. And I know that sounds so, so simple, but that's also why it works because it is cutting out the marketing fluff. It's saving your marketing budget and it's freeing up your time so that you can really hone in on marketing only to the people who would be most likely to hire you. Yeah, exactly. So true. And so as we're closing our show, what is your number one tip uh, when it comes to marketing our home staging business? I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier, and that is make your marketing about your ideal client and not about you. And conversely, that also means that if you want these people to trust you and to have a long-term relationship with you, you have to be a real person to them. And you can't only post about your services on social media, you need to show your face every now and then. You can't just walk into a networking event, shake hands, trade cards, and leave. You actually need to interact with people and in a way that is from person to person, not from business person to business person. Because at the end of the day, we are all just people running businesses, trying to help other people who also run businesses. I love that. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. I love doing stuff like this. Me too. This episode is brought to you by SocialLightVault.com. Are you overwhelmed with the marketing your home staging business? Stop wasting time worrying or wondering if you're doing the right things. 
from social media to email newsletter that get attention of listing agents. Socialite Vault makes marketing simple and effective. You don't need a huge marketing budget. You don't need a huge audience either. You just need real marketing tools that work and the right sales funnel to deliver new leads, even when you aren't working. The team at Socialite specializes in marketing for home stagers. Get started today by going to socialitevault.com. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging.